Hi, and welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And today we're going to talk about Before We Go. This was made in 2014. It stars Chris Evans and Alice Eve. It was directed by Chris Evans. It's the first movie he directed. Uh, on uh, IMDb, it's got a 6.9 out of 10. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a lonely 21%. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, but the sort of, the synopsis of the movie is, and this from IMDb, it's uh, two strangers stuck in Manhattan for the night grow into each other's most trusted confidants when an evening of unexpected adventure forces them to confront their fears and take control of their lives. And just straight off, I, I want to say, this is a type of movie that I love. Um, I... I'm a big fan of the one, you know, like this one momentous day or night has a profound impact on our lives. Yeah. Um, Cause there's a movie, I think I talked you into watching it, Adventures in Babysitting. Yes, I've watched it. It is a fundamental movie of my life. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. It's um, that uh, perfect example, um, a play we we have often referenced, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Moon Shakespeare. One night in the life that changed a lot. But, yes, that changed everything. And I'm a big fan of that. Um, but this movie was... This was something we just kind of decided to watch it. We don't really have a whole history with it other than the fact that we're both fans of Chris Evans. Yes, we definitely love yeah. love our cap. And that's going to get referenced in this. So if you don't like Marvel, well, I'm sorry. It's going to yeah. happen. It's kind of ubiquitous at this point. It opens up with just, I thought it was kind of a weird opening, which sounds sounds odd. It isn't, but it is. It, it almost felt like it was going to be a little bit of like a love actually kind of introduction. Because like you see these kind of couples here and then yeah, here yeah. and then and then it's one guy by himself with a trumpet. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, I think what it was trying to do is show mm-hmm. him watching people. But it kind of doesn't. Yeah, it's like, just. And the, the thing about this movie that the critics said that I didn't completely agree with. But it doesn't find its voice. Like, it doesn't have a theme. I disagree with that. And I'll talk about that at length at some point. But I don't think... I think Chris Evans is still looking for his style. I don't think he's completely... This is his first film. Yes. So he's still... So it's it's like this weird opening where you're following everybody through Union Station. Or Grand Central Station. Grand Central. Sorry. Grand Central Station. Union is somewhere completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Man. (laughs) But... And then you have Chris Evans playing a trumpet. And... This cute older couple, like, reuniting or... No, saying goodbye. Saying goodbye. In front of him. And that's kind of an interesting, like, Mm -hmm. bookend, which I hadn't really thought about. Right. But then you go into Evans playing the trumpet, and girl runs by, breaks her phone, and misses her train. Yeah. That's that's kind of where the movie starts. It's... Yeah. It's essentially the meet-cute. Yeah. That brings them together. And, you know, I'll admit straight straight at the top... I'm definitely going to be more lenient with this movie than I think a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I found it enjoyable. And sometimes that's enough. The first thing I wrote about her, about about the movie, like one of the first things I right. wrote. I mean, number one, it was filmed in 19 days. I did write write that. Yes. Uh, in, in the actual Manhattan Lower East Side. So like everything in the movie is actually. Technically 19 nights. Yeah, 19 nights. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, that aside, one of the first things I wrote other than Love a Man with a Trumpet, which, for the record, my husband can play the trumpet. That's why I wrote that. Typically sticks to French horn, but yeah. Yeah. Um, was that I didn't, like, she was running across the thing, and I was like, lose your shoes. Just throw the <laughs> shoes off, you will catch the train. Like, because like, because she's having, the way she's having to run, mm-hmm. there's no way she can catch anything. Could, no. Right. Do you have heels? Tra- take the uh, heels off and run. Yeah. Speaking of someone who has had to do that kind of stuff for different things. Same. But um, that was that was probably like the first like, I will say like I will probably you will probably like you probably like this movie a lot more than I did. Yes. Um, just because I, it's just who I am. I poke holes and stuff, and I. So so you're saying for once you're the fun killer and not me. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about this movie. I really enjoy this this movie. It's I I think it's cute, but I don't know. There's something. It does it lack substance for you? Honestly, there's something dislikable, uh, dislikable, unlikable. That's the better word. Unlikable about Alice Eve for me. And I know that's horrible. I like Alice Eve as an actress, but there's something that I don't there, like about her character. There's something about Brooke. Is what yeah, you're about, about Brooke. There's something I don't like about that character. And I can get into it more the longer we talk. But there's something I dislike like, about her in that maybe it's because I see something of myself in her. I don't know. But there's like, because we'll get into it later, but you find out that there's this huge big secret that she has. Right. 
that why she has to get home. Like, she's yes. super upset she can't get home. And, like, I don't know. There's something about the nature of that secret that irks me. There's some. Is it that there's something about the nature of the secret that doesn't justify her being as brusque as he, she is? Yes, absolutely. Okay. But I... I'm just going to go ahead and say it because it doesn't matter. Um, we yes, don't have to go in order. spoilers abound. Well, we don't have to go in order Yeah, with the movie. I was thinking we had to go in order. But like I, the secret. helpful, but. The, well, but the secret that you, watching it the second time, knowing the secret, it makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, she found out months and months and months ago that her husband was having an affair. It sounded and like. She states their anniversary is August 27th. Uh-huh. And this is taking place around Christmas. So yeah. about three months so she found out like three months ago yeah. that her husband was having an affair she read through all of the emails on mm-hmm. his computer but he had ended it in the last email no. so she let it go right that right there no like i would bring it up like that's well and granted i don't have the same kind of marriage she does i don't have the same life I think, she does like she she had let it go in the sense of like I don't know how to explain it. But basically, I think, like, she had let it go in the sense of, like, she's not going to, like, okay, it's over, we can move on, but... Yeah, I just... This is a nitpick, and you'll probably hear this a (laughs) hundred more times on the show. Communication is... Yes, Like, my biggest nitpick. Yes. In anything. Agreed. Like, I... Because, like, there are TV shows that I adore, and we've talked about this, that I almost quit watching because I got tired of the lack. Yes, where everything could be solved by communication. And while this couldn't be solved with communication, there there are a number of times it could be helped by communication. Yeah. Her her clamming up, and she does that with, with Chris's character, Nick. Nick, yeah. She does it with her own husband. I don't... That's the other thing I don't get. Why wouldn't she tell her husband? Yeah. What? Because she calls him at one point in the movie mm-hmm. and says, "Oh no, everything's fine. I didn't get my purse stolen in the middle yeah. of New York City, See? and he's flying to Boston the next day. So why wouldn't he just change his ticket to New York and come get her? Then they get at the house at the same time. She can go take care of the letter that she wrote. I yeah. I I think like Sorry. maybe no. I was like no no. Maybe this is why I'm more lenient with the movie and the fact that. Like, Brooke, I am also a person who lives under the assumption of if I just ignore all of my problems, they will go away and become better. See, I'm a doormat with almost everyone in my life. I won't deny that. There is a difference in being a doormat and being a pushover and, and like, actively being dismissive of your own problems. True. That's true. Like, you do not do that. That's true. I do. I just know... (laughs) I know how my marriage works and... I've, I've been married almost 10 years mm-hmm. and I looked at my husband while watching the movie the second time and I was like, I would cut off parts of you that are important. Like that, I'm just telling you that's what would happen. Like there's no, right. Th- th- like that I wouldn't, I mean, and, I think, and, I think with the first to, one, you could have come back from that. Like, absolutely. Right. I think it's something that would have taken a lot of talk and a lot of trust and mm-hmm. a lot of, I think counseling, which there's nothing wrong with. Right. Um, but, <laughs> But to, I don't know, to ignore it is fine. I guess I can say that I might do that. But the second time, yeah, there'd have been a phone call and a flight to Atlanta and I would have forgotten the rest of it to like, because to me, that would have been a more, my problem with her as a character. And I talked, I thought about this a lot more the second time I watched the movie is she doesn't, the only time she does anything, it ends up not working out. The Mm -hmm. only time in the movie she makes an active, like, encouragement decision mm-hmm. it doesn't work right like that's when she encourages uh nick, nick to go, go back. back that's the only real like everything else is nick's idea yeah to some extent the and, and she put does push nick to go to his uh he has a audition Edition. which we'll get back to all that i promise we'll get back to the plot but <laughs> but like she she feels almost like a damsel in distress in a but but not like i don't know how to explain it I think I think Nick sees her as a damsel in distress. Yes, and he he does state like you know he's trying to be a hero, which ha ha ha. That's just <laughs> there. There was laughter. Anyone else had delivered that line, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't well. have worked. But because it's Chris Evans who is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there are other guys who could he, delivered it. But because yeah. Chris Evans plays Captain America right now, we all yes. know and and something you and I have like we we discussed over and over when we watch this movie together 
is that the man has a plus 10 to charisma rolls. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he is super charismatic. And, like, there are moments in the film where he gives a wink and a smile and you're like, yeah, okay, I'll follow this guy anywhere. But, like, one of the first things she does is get snippy with him when he tries, like, because he comes out, like, back to the main plot. Yeah. He comes out and sees her, like, just standing lost outside the the train station because it's closed. And he's just standing there, or she's just standing there kind of lost. And so he tries to help her out. And, like, I, I wondered if there was, like, a a nefarious motive when he started trying to help her mm-hmm. just because this is the world we live in. And I am right. like Brooklyn nine, nine quote. Uh, oh, we live in a horrible world. Of course I would freak you out. Uh, when they follow right. her to the bathroom, that one. Yeah. Bed yeah. In the bathroom. <laughs> oh, we live in a horrible world. Yeah. That would freak you yeah. out. But, but because of, but, the way, but he doesn't, it's never, it's always revealed that he doesn't. Yes. Because he, like Nick Vaughn turns out to be like the, singular nicest man on the planet yeah and not in the tropey gross nice guy no like just i wrote that down i wrote he's not a nice guy trope genuinely nice guy like he genuinely like he offers her money he tries to get her home he does whatever he can for her but when his phone is dead and his his credit cards got declined declined, she like snips at him and runs off on her own and and like she yeah she she does she does say like isn't there anything of yours that works yeah but she acts like he's the one in the wrong yeah, and like I understand she had a really bad day, and if that was the only time she did it in the whole movie, I'd be fine with it. But she does it two or yeah. three times when this guy, and he just takes it. He just sits there and lets the abuse be heaped on him because he knows she's having a bad day. Yeah, and I appreciate that to some extent, especially because he almost looks amused by her sometimes when right. she's yelling at him. Yeah, again, like I said, I I think I'm just a little bit more lenient with it because like I definitely see. I'm like, cause I do shit like that all the time. I'm like, I, get I that, yeah. like when, when I'm having a terrible day, I'm like, I will just bite off the head of anybody who looks at me cross-eyed. I can see that. And I guess it's just the shift, the, the quick shifts. Like at one time, later on in the movie, at one point he, he confronts her with some hard truths. Like, right. cause they have to, like I, I've written down some of that. Like there's mm-hmm. a point in the movie where there are some, when she tells him about everything, and he, like, tells her, he's like, you know, he'll call you and it'll be great. But what if mm-hmm. he doesn't? Well, then you have to face the music. And she kind of smiles at him and then tries to run off, which mm-hmm. is a thing in the movie. And that's yeah. that's definitely something we'll probably get to in a minute. But but she does quick, like, one second she's smiling and then it feels like two seconds later she's screaming at him. And that, that happens in real life. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it doesn't. It's it just, I guess I get... I, I, I've done it too many times to other people to know that they don't sit there and take it that way. <laughs> like, it's pretty rare for a person to sit there and take it when, yeah, you, when you yell at them the way she yells at them. But then again, this is a movie. Yeah, I know. And so... I know. And, like, and maybe that's my problem with it. I don't know. There was just something... She seemed ungrateful for a lot of the movie. And I think... Not that you... Not that she should show gratitude or whatever. That's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's human decency when someone tries to help you out, even right. if they can't. Maybe I'm too Southern. But someone tries to help you out and they can't, you say, thank you so much for trying and I appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. You know, my day sucks, but thank you that you tried to make it better. Right. I mean, he even saves her from, like, some uh, some guys down the street. Like, that. Like right after she yells at him, he chases her down because he sees what's about to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that's my, my biggest issue with the movie. I like a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Let me make that very clear. I think the movie is charming. I think Chris, I think it runs on Chris, Chris Evans' charm. Mm-hmm. Like that, that if that were a method of fuel, we would be <laughs> good forever. It's like we could solve the world energy crisis. We could solve all yeah. of that if, yeah, if if that was real. But, but yeah, like that. I guess that's my biggest issue with it. I'm sorry, I ranted about no, that. But. This is what we do, man. Now, now that you've unloaded on the things that you don't like, what do you like about the movie? I mean, I like a lot of like Chris Evans. I like. Um, this the actual like adventure they go on is mm-hmm. is great. Like when he asks her, "Come on an adventure with me," essentially. Yes. Yeah that that's a great mm-hmm. like that's a great hook into any movie. Mm-hmm. I just I guess I felt like she could have been. And, and granted, like it's hard because I know she's going on a lot in her personal life. I the know. character is so it's hard for me to to like I don't hold it against her. Mm-hmm. It's just hard okay. for me to how do I I don't know how to say it right, but it's hard for me to find a balance. Right. Um, but okay. With them. We've we've talked kind of obliquely about the plot. So let's yeah, let's sorry. kind of describe some of the more specifics of what happens for those who haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Which we have as as we've stated, you know, she her phone breaks, his phone is dead, 
Her purse, her purse has been stolen, so she has no ID, no credit cards, mm-hmm. no cash. His credit cards aren't working. Um, one is expired. We don't really find out what was wrong with the other, the other one. one. Why it was declined? Yeah. We were theorizing about this off mic, and I said it's probably just he didn't have a like enough of, yeah. of an available balance. But <laughs> that's one of your plot holes. Yeah. Um, but, and then they each have their own. Uh, yeah, I would say sub adventure that need they need to go bit, on. A little bit, yes, and and you know, but he basically they have about eighty dollars in cash to kind of get them through this night, mm-hmm. and they try to, you know, they start off like trying. He helps her like to go get her purse back, and that falls through. <laughs> and yes, and so like they go back to the bar where she lost it, and then that takes them into some sort of it wasn't that wasn't in Chinatown. They go to Chinatown later. The bus. Chinatown bus. Finally, like he tries to get a taxi to take her. He tries to, to find get a car service. A car service, but that's going to be like four hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. He then they finally go. Why don't you take the bus from Chinatown? Yeah, the Chinatown bus. They run all night, and apparently it didn't. It well, apparently I think the last one had left. Already. Yeah, the last one had left because it's not really clear. And then that's when he goes. Well, why do you need to get home? And she's like, well, there's something I need to do, basically. Right. And then he he convinces her. It's like, well, is there like this thing that has to be done? Is there somebody else who can do it? And so she's like, oh, yeah, my friend. So she calls, she borrows a cell phone from somebody, calls her friend, and her friend says, yeah, I'll take care of it. Long story short, her friend winds up not being able to because the the extra key to the house is missing. Right. And, like, so then she's she's like, well, my marriage is over. Like, that's it. Yeah. So she ends up, that, that at that point, uh, after her friend fails, mm-hmm. so when she sits down and finally tells Nick, this is what happened. You know, my mm-hmm. husband, the, the whole thing I said before, her husband cheated on her. For right. months, and she found out. He said he ended it, and then she found like what caused all the problem is right before, right after he left, or she got on the computer, and there was an email from the mistress just, asking him to meet up when they were in town. Yeah. So she just assumed he was going to. Yeah. And so she wrote a horrible letter. She said, "We don't know what's in it." Yeah, we don't know what's in the but letter. But from what she said, it's pretty awful. She said, "No, no marriage can come back from the things I said." Yeah. The word word venom venom. was thrown around. Yeah. And left her wedding rings in the envelope and and left. Yeah. And went to New York for a job. She did have work. Yes, she had a job in New York. And so her husband knew she was in New York. But then when she called him while she was in New York, he said, hey, I'm I'm getting on the first flight back after I'm doing my meetings. I'll be home by eight. And so that means that he wasn't seeing the mistress. Yeah. So that gives, like, so all of a sudden, and she already knew she loved him. She already regretted doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's why she was racing to get the train why she was so upset she missed it but like he just confirmed he didn't see her again like he yes. really truly seems to have been done with basically this. it's like now she's realizing that since he didn't see the mistress like she's real i think she realizes that okay there's still a chance yeah. for us whereas i think that i think she thought that before though because she was racing she to get th- home she thought it she was trying to forget it yes again but now it's like okay we can he he didn't go see the mistress so he really does love me it's not you know, it, I, I don't have to, I can be brave. Like, yes. Cause the big thing in this movie, I think you'll agree with me. The theme is bravery and running. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's what the themes are in this movie is you can run away or you can be brave, which is a very Captain America esque theme. I'm Jeez. just going to say, <laughs> this, let's just be honest. The thing about this movie we said the most was this could be a Captain America AU. <laughs> like it kind of could. Um, I'm trying to think here. And we, and. Oh, and missed Chris's or Nick's thing. It's like, yes, he has a name in this movie. Yeah, it's not yeah, just yeah. Chris. Well, for the first but, like 10 minutes, it is because we don't know his name until. he They introduce themselves straight away. Not until he rescues her from the girl or rescues her from the three guys. So it's like, yeah, he introduces himself as Nick. And she introduces himself as Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. She, she basically like, she has a moment of panic. She's like, you were a stranger. I'm in New York. Carrie. Carrie Bradshaw. I that panicked. makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I think that makes total um, sense. It's not until they go in, uh, they basically go into, um, oh, Jesus. I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Till they, he, when he goes to get the purse back. Yeah. He asks if there's any, because she had a Prada purse. So he asked if there was any, like, distinguishing features. And she said there's a BD. Yeah. Written. Written on the inside. Written in by, marker. Yeah. In, in, in kids', kids handwriting. handwriting. And he's like, BD. BD. And she's like, my name is Brooke Brooke Dalton. Dalton, Yeah. And he's like, like, you lied to me. We're going to have to have a talk about, we're going to have a serious talk when I get back. Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, the most, the most like. One of my favorite lines in the movie. Favorite line. And I was the most charismatic 
Chris has ever like it was it's, Chris at that moment. It not was, Nick yeah, Fry. basically what it is is like he's about to go into to this place where there's a bunch of stolen goods, mm-hmm. um, and trying to trying to essentially bluff his way through this whole encounter, and and he's about to, he's about to go in. She's like, "This is really crazy," and he just grins. He goes, "Oh, thank you for not saying stupid." <laughs> He's like, thanks for not saying stupid. Yeah. Like, like, it's just this, like... It's it's the most charming. Yeah, it's, he's just, like, little, Ex- this little like, half grin. It's, like, almost a full-blown grin, but not right. quite. And he, like, quirks his eyebrow. And it's just this... Like, I- I've seen gift sets with that face. Yes. And it's just a very, like, charming... Charming face and charming right. co- yeah. comment. It's like, um, thanks for not saying stupid. Like, like I appreciate you knowing that I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, but yeah, and so he, he goes in, like, the, the deal breaks bad, he gets punched in the face. We find out that the reason that he's in New York is he's come to New York for a wedding. And, and he was, but he's also looking for a sign. And the way that he describes it, like, the sign, he has the sign and he has the thing. And the sign that he gets is he, he gets an audition for he gets an audition to to play for um, a jazz musician that he loves that he loves named Duke Terry yeah and so like this is super huge um this, this is a really big deal this is you know it's it, it could make his career yeah it really really could and but that's the sign him he he interprets him getting this audition as as the the sign to go on and do the thing that he came to New York to do, which we find out, as one would expect, there was a girl who broke his heart. And so she is going to be at this wedding, which Brooke has some issues with. Like, is it the bride? Like, are you here to break up a wedding? No. Like, oh. are, he's like, I'm, I'm here to see a girl. Or like, I'm here to see somebody. The bride? <laughs> no. The groom? <laughs> no. Last, no. <laughs> um, so we 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 get more about that, and you know we come. Of course, there's there's misadventures along the way. There's the detour with the purse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to get to the wedding venue, so because again they they need money. So and he has he, a buddy. He, yeah, yeah, he has a friend. He's asked his friend uh, if if he can borrow four hundred and fifty dollars. Um, trying to get Brooke back to Boston. And they end up, the friend gave him the wrong address. And mm-hmm. so they end up at, um, they end up at some swanky party. Like they're not sure like going in if it's even the reception. And then of course, because this is the kind of movie it is. And this is one of the things that I just absolutely love. Cause again, this harkens back to adventures of babysitting yeah. where they actually, they run into, they run into a club and they accidentally like burst onto the stage and the blues man goes, I know I leave this place without singing the blues. So they, the kids have this random thing where they mm-hmm. have, they, yeah. they have to sing the babysitting blues and run out. Um, and that's essentially what happens here. They get mistaken for the band that was supposed to play the event. And he kind of cons his way on stage. Like, Oh yeah. Well, paying 500 bucks. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're, you're going to have to pay me. Like, well, the whole band's not here. You know, like, and it's like they haggle over a price and like, well, you can just pay me $500. That's 10%. That's fair. And, you know, just me, me and my singer. So they get up on stage. He, they, they play and, or he plays, she sings My Funny Valentine. Which and, is a throwback to something they talked about is, earlier. Yes. But, yeah. um, and, and, and from there we have. I will say that our, I think our other favorite joke of the movie the the grammar yes that is the moment where like I hard and fast fell in love yeah. with this movie that was the moment when I my my thoughts about her readjusted too but he he says something about I can't remember the exact quote but he but he uses the word badly instead of bad it's basically it's like well you know like I don't don't take it so badly and she's like oh okay. like I won't I won't take it bad he's <laughs> yeah. like or yeah, I can't remember the exact line but something like that and he goes oh you've been, he he's said like something. oh you've been like I can't remember what it is but something like damn been, it something like you've been waiting to do, do that. that and she's like I've been doing it in my head, head all night because like she did it out loud for the first time, time. Goes, oh did I say that out loud <laughs> I've been doing it in my head all night I've been correcting your grammar every time in my yeah, head yeah and it's I love that it's just That's one just... of those it's just one of those moments of 
we keep using the word. I hope nobody is doing a drinking game, like counting how many times we said charm because people will be drunk. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a charming little moment. Um, and that is, like I said, just the the exact moment when I fell in love with this movie. Then right after that, like they try, you know, they, they, they get caught. They get caught, of course. So they run down to where they know the green room is. They try to order a, a car, car. A car service <laughs> and charge it to, and the, charge room. It to the room. That uh, falls which through. doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't quite work. So then they, they get in touch with, they get in touch with his friend and find yeah. out the correct venue address. Yeah. And, and that's when we, we also get the time traveling gag in there. Yeah. Oh, the time traveling gag. I forgot. They, they have a gag where, where Nick turns to Brooke and he says something to the effect of a few, cause she said she wish she had a time machine and she goes, I would just go back to yesterday. And he was like, okay. He walks over to her phone and goes, do, 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 do. Okay. Talk to yourself. Yeah. It's like, and what so, would you tell yourself yesterday? So she picks up the phone and she's like, Hey Brooke, this is, this is yourself. She doesn't believe me. Oh, you have to tell her something, something only you know. Only you so two would know. She, she talks about a scar on her head. She's like, you tell everybody you got it hiking in Argentina. Really? You got it at a Hanson concert, concert in college. Crowd surfing. <laughs> yeah, a crowd surfing, a Hanson concert. It's like you hit your head on a guardrail. Who crowd surfs at a Hanson concert? But anyway. That's what I want to know. It's like, anyway. it's like we, we have a friend who is deep into Hanson, has been for most of her life. Yeah, it's I like, enjoy I, them because We will of have her. to ask her, do people crowd surf at Hanson concerts? Yeah, I have to text her at some point. Um, um, but anyway, so yeah. So you have that, so which is this really yes. like, once again, charming she tells him, she says, just skip New York in general. Just, yeah, skip New York, and then, stay home, order takeout, have a glass of wine, take a bubble bath and go yeah. to bed. But then uh, Nick looks at her and goes, but then you wouldn't have met me. And she goes, I'm still it's not sure that's, that's a good, good thing. thing. So there's another one of those like backhanded. I'm like, really, girl? Like he just did. But okay, I get it. But still. <laughs> I, I took it more in a vein of like teasing than that's backhanded. That's true. That's true. Um, and so, so she tells him to do the same. And so he... <laughs> But it like make makes him take part in this gag. So he takes the phone, calls quote unquote himself in what was it two thousand four? Yeah. So that he's like he's like when the Red Sox make, make it the, to the series, make, make it to the playoffs. Take all of your money. Blah blah. blah. But there's oh, but first, take all of your money and bet it on the Red, Red Sox, Sox to win. He's, to win. He's like I know it sounds crazy. crazy. Just trust me. Just trust me. And like hangs up. She's like what? That was it? It's like everybody knows the first rule of time travel is like the first thing you do is gamble. Yep. If like pulls out his pockets, they're still empty. Damn, it didn't work. <laughs> um. But yeah, they they eventually get to the, they eventually get to the actual to the to the now reception, not the mm-hmm. wedding, and we find the thing that he came to New York for was to see Hannah, Hannah, yeah, was to see Hannah, and find out that they met sophomore year of college. He was pre med. She convinced him to go into music, the thing that he loves. I did write this down, and you'll probably hit me for it, but that's okay. Go on. That's a Dr. McDreamy. <laughs> Just okay. saying. I want you to know, as soon as you looked at me, I was like, she's going to make it like McSexy or whatever the fuck his name is. Well, I mean, come on. It's like that man operating on you or being your doctor, I'd be sick all the time. <laughs> no, I know what I'm saying. My, sorry, I couldn't remember what they're called. What, it's McDreamy and McDreamy McSteamy. McSteamy. Okay, my brain went to Supernatural and uh, Doctor Dr. Sexy. Sexy. Yeah, Doctor Sexy of D, which is also appropriate. True, um, but yeah. So you find out that she, that you know, Hannah, the former Flame, convinced him to uh, to give up pre med and go into music, which is the thing he was passionate about. And and she and we, he tells her like, he tells us that we that she gave. Or she didn't give up to them. Like, she found graphic design. So, essentially, it's like, there are people who found their passions. He said that was the first thing she found that, that she loved. loved. To which Brooke responds, well, she loved you. He goes, I don't know that she did. It's like, it's basically, it's like a question I ask myself about uh, 50 yeah. times a day. Um, but they, it's it's a super awkward meeting with with Hannah and Nick. Even awkward Chris is charming, Chris. Yes. it's It's still... Yeah. Like I said, it's it's awkward and Hannah's there with a date and we're you know, they're kinda leading everybody to believe that Brooke is it's which fake dating. We didn't discuss that. Yeah, fake Brooke, dating is Brooke, pretty much one Brooke of my offers, favorite. Yeah, fake dating is one of our both of us a favorite trope. Yeah. And and so she offers um, to be his pretend girlfriend. To which he responds, She'll know you're not my type. She'll she'll, she'll think, think I changed, changed you. you. She'll love it. It'll be great. Yeah. Um They also talk about something uh after the awkward meeting, like they run away. 
Yeah. Because that's he, what they do. Yes. They discuss that. Um, but she talks about, and she talked about this a little bit before, but at some point with love, you have to make the choice and, and jump. jump. And I love that's That is one of, like, that little scene, there's mm-hmm. two little scenes like that in the movie that I should love. That one and then the one where she's talking about the affair with him. And the yeah. one with, like, the immediately following him in the, and, in the little and diner. And it's somewhere, I can't remember because he, Brooke does convince him to go back mm-hmm. because they... After they they flee the wedding reception for the first time, they go and they sit down on a stoop and they're having this long conversation in which he tells her that, which he you know he explains that the Han- history yeah. yeah explains the history, and I I will I might go off on a ramble here but basically, um, he like he explains how you know he and Hannah you know they'd been together through college they like they were living together. And, and she got a job in Philly and they were set to move and he bought a ring and he's talking about how it's like he spent so much money on this ring and and how how he's been like how he'd been holding on to it like carrying it around in his pocket and holding on to it all day and just like keeping his hand wrapped around it to the point that like his hand starts cramping and he walks into the apartment and, he, and suddenly realizing that everything had changed and he's like and it was at that moment that hannah tells him she thinks it's time for them to for for them to have some space and and, yeah to take a break and and that was six years ago and that was the last time he saw her and and you know he had mentioned earlier in the film that he bought his shiny trumpet with a shiny engagement ring and and so now we're getting that story and the first time we watched this and even when i went back and rewatched this movie by myself when he was telling this story and this like i the note that i wrote down um and this is a conversation that i've had with uh with our friend ann that because she she sought out a couple of chris evans movies that were non-captain america fair um because she had made the point she's like i've seen him be you know with the human torch and then captain america's like i've seen him be a really good superhero i just don't know how he acts other than that and so, so she went and watched the the Chris Evans movie uh, "Gifted" that that came out. But she, so she was telling me just how good he was in this movie. And I realized I had kind of fallen in the same trap. Admittedly, like I've seen him in other things, um, but it's always more of like something like the Nanny Diaries, where he's just sort of like a like a secondary character um, or like somebody on the peripheral. Yeah. And and in this that moment of him telling that proposal story i was so caught up in it it's like i mm-hmm. like i realized yeah. like i just kind of like stopped breathing like i just literally like froze watching it and the just and when they go into like the first time like when they go into the reception for the first time that moment where he looks at Hannah as she's walking toward him, just the expression that he gets just blew me away. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say anything, but the expression says so much. And, and all sound fades. Yeah. Everything else is blurry. Except yeah. for her. Yeah. It's a, it's a great job. And I will say that moment, that is one of his best directing moments in the movie. I mm-hmm. think. Agreed. Um, and I can't remember where this line fits in. It, oh, it's it's this where she's convincing him, where Brooke is convincing him to go back, um, to go back and talk to Hannah, because because Hannah is with somebody, and Brooke convinces Nick, you know, like oh, like guys like that, you know, blah blah blah. Um, I've seen a thousand. Of like them. I've seen a thousand of those guys. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, like he he's cookie cutter, blah blah blah. Like I've you know I've seen a thousand of those guys. Um, like you, you should go back and talk to her. And, and I can't remember if this comes before or after it, but one of the lines that I just absolutely loved, it's somewhere in here with, with the reception of that. Why is it that any one decision always seems too small to be the biggest decision of your life? It's right before you move back in. It, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I watched it just before you came okay. over. So, <laughs> so I remember that line. And it is, that is one of those things. And uh, it, it's one of those quotes that just it meant a lot to me mm-hmm. in that because like as somebody who has anxiety and is indecisive about everything it's like trying to make decisions about something that could be potentially colossal to the mm-hmm. to the outcome of my life I'm like how do you do that um but it's um but yeah he so he he bites the bullet and he goes back in 
and leave, like Brooke sits outside and then he comes like he comes bursting out a little while later come to find out that Hannah is quote the happiest she's ever been and she's pregnant she's pregnant yep and and so like now he's realizing as awful as it was to go through mm-hmm. like it's as painful as an experience as it was if there's like now he has something concrete he's like now i can move on yeah he has a moment of being really annoyed mm-hmm. with brooke yeah and kind of mad at brooke and then she goes are you gonna be okay and he's like i'm the most okay i've, I've been since the, she left yeah the most okay i've been and he also says in there the other line that i love that uh is like i've got to be grown up i've got to be okay with not being okay yeah that, that I've got to learn to be a grown up now. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I loved that too. Um, and I'm trying from there, like after the reception and, and everything kind of falls apart there. Uh, is it after that that we get the psychic? Yes. <laughs> the psychic is so I was random, to, yeah. but I love it. It's it's one of those random little side. Like that's the one thing about this movie that I think I think one of the things critics probably disliked about it. It's not streamlined. It's not. There are lots of little side things that, yeah, they could be cut from the overall story. They could. Um, but yeah, so we go in. We go in here to the psychic, and uh, I see. I'm a huge fan of these of these kinds of scenes. Number yes. one, it's not a stereotypical psychic. It's not. It's a cute old man. Yes. Who, and it played played by uh, John Cullum, who yeah. has been in a million things. Um, you you just look him up on on IMDb. I I know him from one because you and I both have been rewatching ER available yep. available on Hulu. He plays uh, Mark Green's dad. Ah, oh, see, I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, you haven't. I'm only man. on season three, man. Ah, oh, you'll get there. I know. <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, I love but that yeah, he's, yeah, so yeah, so John Cullum. He's he's been in a million things. And I I love this old man, um, and he's. He's the sort of, like, non-traditional psychic. He's taking out the trash at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning or so. Oh, at least. Because the train was at one thirty in the morning. So, yeah. Has it only been two hours? Oh, God. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I was Be- trying to Well, yeah, because... And uh, what, what was it? Grand Central doesn't reopen until, like, 5.30? I think it was earlier. I think it was later Five? than that. I, it, I mean, later. I think her train was later than that. But I could be wrong. Right. Just because of the, the bright sun outside. Yes. But that could have just been... But... When, when they're driving to the station, like when they're in the cab, though, it's more like gray pre dawn. That's true. Light, I would so. say like f- like five thirty ish. Five. Yeah, it's like five, I, could, I can't remember, but Grand Central doesn't open. So yeah, until literally, 5, this is only. She said she's known him for four hours. Yeah. And they've got a couple more four hours, hours. A- after that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would say this whole movie probably takes place in like a six to eight hour time period. Yeah. And again, that's why I love it. Yeah. Um. But we have from there. It's like at some point. Oh yeah. They, so they go to the psychic. Mm-hmm. The psychic tells her that, you know, she she has to, you know, she has choices ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, she has choices ahead of her. And um, I do love the, the psychic kind of giving Nick some guff. Like, he's asking, like, the psychic's asking, okay, like, well, well who wants to go first? And, um, and you know, Nick is very, like, uh, no, no, no. Like, no thanks. And, and the psychic is like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, let me see. About you, I can see... Like you've like blah 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 some like big changes are happening in your life blah 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 and you play an instrument a trumpet he's holding a trumpet case. yeah it's just like basically just just fucking with him I love it um and then goes on the second goes on to tell Brooke that you know like that she has big choices to make and like he can't tell her um you know he can't really tell her which ones to make but but that they're covered but, that but that she is at a crossroads and she has to make a choice yes. Yeah. And I actually, and then so that's when she goes and uses the phone. The psychic's phone, And yeah. finds out her friend did not get into the house. To get the letter. To get the letter. But while that's happening, what my, yes. like, these are quotes I wrote down. Yes, yes, yes. Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Evans. Nick. Nick. Chris Evans as playing, playing I need Nick. to shake a no-no can at you. <laughs> His, he's Chris Evans. Let's just call it what it is. But anyway, Nick is talking to the psychic and the psychic is talking about how he had just lost his wife. Like he, that, that came yes. up earlier in it. But, um, you see he, when she comes back in the room, I remember she's still on the phone in the back, but they're flipping through a photo album. Yeah, Nick Nick points out, as she's walking away, Nick points out and says, oh, is this your wife? Yeah. And he opens up a photo album and starts showing her. Yeah, and the the quotes that I kept in there was, it all started with a song. Mm-hmm. 
was he was talking about you know the old man was talking about his wife and how they, and how they saw each other yeah. and I think they danced. She she dragged him onto on the, the dance floor. Dance floor, right? She dragged him um, onto the dance floor. But he and Nick says something like, oh, "You guys sound like you're perfect for each other." Yeah. And he says, "There is no perfect. There will always be struggle. You have to pick who you you have to pick who you want to struggle with." Mm-hmm. And I, would, I do love who, that quote. You have to pick who you'll struggle with, with, something like that. But yeah, like like that from I love like there's two quotes, two three quotes in this movie that made me like pause the movie and mm-hmm. write down the quote because yeah, I just love that like there is no perfect match. That's absolutely true. Like who you're struggling with and who you decide to be with. My, my husband used to say something when we were dating because I I'm a very insecure person. You <laughs> might know that. You might not. It's like um. How did I not know this? Huh. <laughs> but we, we've only been friends for what? A dozen years or so? Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer than that. Nope. No, it'll be about 10 or 11 years because Josh and I have been together. Maybe, yeah, but a dozen. Dozen sounds right. Yeah. Ish. But anyway, we, I used to worry that he was gonna, gonna leave me and you know, all this kind of stuff. Just mm-hmm. typical. I mean, like, I'm, I'm a freak. I married the first guy I really dated, but he. freak. To most Where's people, my no-no can? To most people, that that makes me freakish. I married the first guy I dated, um, and he. And so I was always kind of like, and he'd had a girlfriend right before me that had. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan did, of. Did not work out well. I'm just not a huge fan of her. Yeah. Um, for a know. lot of reasons, but but the the thing he used to tell me is, I tell when I tell you I love you, I don't mean I'm in love with you, although I am. He said this is actually something he said. Okay, I'm not making this up, but he said I'm. When I say I'm in love, when I say I love you, it means I have made the decision to love you. That is the decision I have made. I am not going to stop doing that anytime. That's not the way I work. Mm-hmm. And and if you know my husband, that's really not the way he works. He's a very it's really not. Yeah. He's a very like loyal person, but but that's also something that we have talked about as a couple and and so like that once you make mm-hmm. that decision and that commitment, which is something that comes up in a mm-hmm. quote later. Yes. Once you are committed to that, you are committed to it. Like that is your job essentially is to to be committed to each other. I am still very much in love with my husband, but I also love him. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, mm-hmm. one is more emotional, and one is a decision <clears throat> that we made mm-hmm. when we said "I do." We were going to love each other. As the perpetual single lady, that's not something that I understand, but I've heard <laughs> other people say similar things, so I'll believe you. Well, I mean, like, and I mean, I think that's true of like for me, that's been true in friendships and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I'm usually the more loyal friend in friendships that have dissolved. But, yeah, and I, I, I feel the same way sometimes. Yeah, but like, it's it's something that it's something that it takes work. And yeah, you you yeah. have to be willing you're, to work. You're stuck work, with your work. family, but you're not. That doesn't mean you have to get along with them. Like there's right. an extended family I have that yeah I love, but no thank you. I'll keep them away from me. Mm-hmm. But like with with my husband, it's very much like we have to we work at it. Like we do. Mm-hmm. We make sure we still like each other. We talk to each other. We watch. He's watching ER with me. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. We we enjoy doing things together. And I think that for us has been right. one of the keys. But um, this movie pointing out that, yeah, you struggle, but you have to struggle together. Mm-hmm. And you have to find that person that you want to struggle with. Yes. Because it's definitely not. Marriage is not always easy for sure. But So the, the, the struggling right. with quote. Sorry to go way off topic there. But. Oh, and the um, the psychic also has another line that, that I really, really loved. Um, I had to look it up because, like, I couldn't understand my scribbled note. But the psychic also tells her, you can't allow the ones you love to determine how you love. Yes. that That's part of what That was another good. Yes. It's like, the psychic's great. <laughs> psychic has a lot of little... For something that doesn't ultimately... It could have been completely excised from the movie. Yeah, the only thing about it that's important but, is what they get from it. Yes, and and that's why like I'm perfectly okay with it <laughs> because it's a character moment, and these are you know you and I talk about the preference for character mm-hmm. over everything. So, um, and immediately after the psychic uh, is when she tells uh, Nick about, about the letter, the letter, and her husband and, and all that. Yes. And I wrote down, I was like, so now we have two people who have been totally blindsided by love Mm -hmm. in bad ways. Yes. They've been blinded and then blindsided. Yes. And like, I thought that was an interesting, like Nick was blinded by Hannah leaving him. He didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. And she was blinded because she thought that she and her husband were perfectly happy. And then this, then she found this out. And I thought that, that makes the, the next, the running and the bravery thing that they talk about. And 
Yeah, and uh, something that that gets said a couple of times and something that they have to learn is, like, having to face the music. Yeah. Yeah. Having – and, like, they they talk about that whenever they're going to see Hannah the first time. Brooke Brooke tells him, well, you know, you saved me tonight, so that kind of makes you a hero. And heroes 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 aren't afraid to face their exes. Yeah. So, like, that – and that – particularly the the bravery – winds up becoming something that is, I think, very important in the movie. Yes. Because then they're sitting at the, like, the next thing, and this is a cinematic thing, but it cuts from them being out there and her telling the story to them being in a fluorescently lit, bright, almost blown out bright. Diner, yeah. Diner. Cup and saucer. Yeah. And, And they're talking, and that's the, and at that point she is, I wrote down, she's facing the harsh light of her reality. Yes, of what has exactly. actually happened. I, I had thought that too. And what she has done. Um, and this is when she turns to Nick and she says, do you believe uh, someone can be totally committed to a person? Well, yeah, it, it starts off you have like, quote. yeah, yeah, I have the quote. She like, she's been telling him the story about, you know, this, the, her husband and this other woman. And Brooke says, you know, well, what if he loves her more? Yeah. And, you know, Nick replies, well, I'd say that's a long shot. Yeah. To which, you know, she says, but it's possible, isn't it? It's possible that you could meet somebody who's perfect for you, even though you're committed to somebody else. To which he says, I think if you're committed to somebody, you don't allow yourself to find perfection in someone else. Which is just a great, like, <laughs> that, that's a... Like, that, that was the moment, like, as soon as the movie was over, you jumped up and went into the office to tell Josh the quote. Yeah. <laughs> Because it reminded me of that thing he told me so right. long ago. But yeah, from from there, and this is the thing we 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 probably should have said this at the outset. Now that we are like what forty five minutes into this conversation, yeah. Um, when we watch, you and I watch the trailer for it, yeah. And the trailer kind of depicts it as like a whirlwind, like one night, like romance, yeah, almost. Um, and, and like, and actually like I have a note from our first, for like from our f- first viewing that the, just from the, the expectation that I had from the trailer and like once the movie got started, like I had, you know, I had the, I have the note, you know, romance and misadventure, my kind of movie. Yeah. And it's about, it, it is about love and it's a there, but it's not romance really not like, really no it, it is the last 20 minutes of the movie is is about romance it, in a weird way yeah but even then it's more about it's more about connection yeah that's then that's fair. than actual than i think actual romance there are some very romantic things said but i think it's more in that spirit of connection than it is like i mean like he does have the line you know like and you know thank her for for showing you that you can love somebody like more than one person in your life yeah but you know, to me, that feels more situational than just... Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's like now I know that it doesn't have to just be, be one person. Yes. I can fall in love with someone again. Yes, exactly. And, um, and like, they have this great thing where they go to the hotel that his friend is staying at. His friend gave him the room key. Yeah. And they finally get to, like, take showers and, like, relax. Yes. And they, they have these really cute, like... I, I kind of wish this wasn't all in montage. It'd be nice. Yes, I, I had that note that, like, the, the scene of them in the hotel could have felt a bit more substantive. Like and one of the one of the reviews I read complained because yeah. this is the last twenty minutes, minutes of the movie, of the movie. And, like literally they enter the the hotel with twenty minutes to go in the film, and so it feels like that part goes really fast. Which granted, there it's almost like there doesn't really need to be anything, anything else said. Done. Yeah, they still have a few like really great moments, and they fill out the comment the card. comment card for the hotel. Um, but and then they get up, they get dressed again, yeah, they. They never, they kiss twice. The, yeah, they do kiss in the hotel. Which, when they kiss in the hotel, he goes, I'm glad you waited four hours to <laughs> yeah, do that. Because so that I know I'm not just a rebound. I know I'm not just a rebound. Yeah, it's like, it's just a total, like, throwaway. But it lets you know that he's not expecting her right to do anything. Because she stops the kiss, too. Like, yes. she kisses him and then she stops it. But he, and she says the whole time, she loves her husband. Like, yes. she wants it's, to try to get home to fix things with her husband to figure out if it can be saved. Yeah, and... The kiss to me, it it just. I'm trying to think of the way to phrase it, because it it felt like it was a kiss of potential. Yes. And not, it was sort of a, we've come this far. There's something here. 
maybe we owe it to ourselves to see what else there could be, but then quickly realizing that, no, this isn't for us. Yeah, like, and then the kiss, like, because then they get in the... They have, a, they have, like, a really cute conversation, and then she's, yes. she's like, I just want to stay here for a little bit longer and not face the music. Yeah. They go back to the train station. Yeah, they go back to Grand Central. They do one more call to the to the past. Yeah. Uh, and then she gets on the train and goes home, and he walks away smiling. He, yeah. But he gives her a kiss before he leaves. Yeah. To me, that kiss is a kiss of thanks and goodbye, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, which is such a weird thing to say because we're so programmed to see kisses in movies as being, like, romantic. As being straight romance. But and, but the, and I've seen goodbye kisses done well and stuff. This yeah. wasn't even like that. But it wasn't like... There was so much behind it. Yeah. But what was... It wasn't like a simple, like, peck and gone. It was a genuine, like, we had a connection. We have a yes. connection. And I care about you. I love you. Yeah. Now go... To go face what you need to face. Exactly. Like, he's her Peggy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she kisses him before she goes to face Red Skull. Not that I her husband it. is Red Skull. Oh my god, I love it. But yeah, she kisses him before she goes to face to face what? Before she goes back home to, to face the music. To face her demons. Yes. And I mean, I was just. I don't joking. know that I'd go with demon, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, I her know. demons. I was meaning more the letter. Yeah, not necessarily that's true. the man. That's true. But the demons of her marriage, the 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 light of reality, everything she and Nick have had has had this unreal, surreal yes, quality exactly. to it. And now they both have to go back to reality, it's, but hopefully as people yeah. that have been changed Basically, by this experience. Okay, have <laughs> and it ends, sounds, yeah, it ends I was gonna say just really quick, it ends with her finding the comment card from the hotel in their pocket in her pocket mm-hmm. and it says turn over and you flip it over and you can't see what's written there. Which Kia loves I despise. I love it so much. I, I love ambiguous endings. Even if it just said something like be brave or, you know, so just something like be your own hero, that would have been fine with but me. But again, but that... But that that does put a... Yeah, I have like four different things it could that, have been. It's like that, that gives a note of finality that this movie doesn't need. That's true. Um, but what I was going to say about their night together, this is going to sound so random, but bear with me. And it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But have you seen the movie Spanglish? Starting I have at- not. <gasps> okay. Basically, like, I'm just going to ruin it for you. And spoilers to those of you who are listening who have not seen this, like, I think, 8 to 10 year old movie. God, it's been out a while. It's an Adam Sandler movie, so I haven't, I, I didn't watch it. I know it was good. I just it's a good movie. Okay. Um, he He's a, like, a chef. Like, his restaurant is highly rated. Um... And he is just this, you know, lovable kind of family man. And he's in the movie. He's married to Taya Leone. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point in the movie, she, like, she starts having an affair, and and then like she is just overridden with guilt, and she like she's overridden with guilt, and like she just confesses it all to him and it's just like okay and now like i've told you this like i just want us to talk i want us to talk until we're sick like i just want us to like stay in here and like talk all of this out like all of the questions that you have and he can't hear her like he is just like so like devastated by what she's told him like he's like you're literally talking right now and i cannot hear a single thing you're saying and so he just turns around and he leaves and as he's leaving he runs into floor who is their um who is the, the their Spanish housekeeper and everything that. Um, and so she, and she has come like to give this big, like sweeping declaration moment of like, it's a whole thing. But anyway, um, so like she's come there with a purpose and he, then he basically like sees her and he's like, no, 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 no. Don't go in there now. It's like, here, just come with me. And, and he takes her like, and they go to his restaurant and just because like, he needs to get away. And, they like he cooks for her and they have this whole thing and it's just them alone in the dark restaurant and they they have this whole conversation and if memory serves like they do share a kiss and everything but they're sitting they're sitting on this bench in the um they're sitting on the, this bench in the restaurant and she's she's got her shoes off and her feet are tucked up under her and everything like that and she's talking about how in this moment like how everything doesn't feel real. Like all of this feels like a dream and it's a wonderful dream, you know? And she says, you know, but as soon as I put my feet, like as soon as my feet touch the floor, everything's back to normal and this doesn't happen. And, and so like they kiss, she meet like 
they have the, they have this moment. She immediately puts her feet to the floor, stands up, and walks out. And that's how this movie feels to me, mm-hmm. is that moment of they have something that is essentially, like, this one night, this span of, like, six to eight hours that has changed both of their lives by this random happenstance of meeting a stranger. And now... Like, it's this bubble, and it doesn't feel real, and it would be easy to feel like it's a dream that didn't happen. It's like, but it did, because they're changed. And so now, like, they have something, they've changed each other, and now they go forward from that. And that yeah. is why like, why I love the fact that we don't know what's on the card. Because like yeah. I said, it gives it a note of finality that it doesn't need. Yeah, that's true. And like, I have my own, like, I can say, you know, it's his number in D.C. for if she needs a place to stay, or... Mm-hmm. Or advice or whatever. But, you know, even if it just said, you know, the biggest loser in New York, <laughs> that would be fine, too. Like, there are a lot of different things it could be, so I can see that. This is going to sound weird. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. I'm going to say that. Spoilers for Civil War. Okay? <laughs> okay. I kind of wish Tony's letter was like that. Mm, because okay. I, I love the movie Civil War. Yes. I think it's really great. I think that letter is lacking in something. Fandom has, has ripped it apart pretty hard. It is a half-assed apology. Agreed. And, like, I'm sorry. I have some big issues with Cap in Civil War as much as I love him. <laughs> but, like, and sorry to like, go off tangent here. But, like, I wish that he that, that had been taken. At, at least Tony had read the letter. And we had seen Tony read the letter and, and nothing else. Because his reactions to the letter are do not ma- match what that letter says. Yes. And so it's the same thing in this. Yeah. Nothing, nothing could have matched her reaction yes. to it. Which is just a grin and a, yep. and a look out the window. And so you're right. Like, the mm-hmm. more I think about it, the more mm-hmm. I appreciate that more. Come with me into the world of ambiguous endings and see how wonderful oh, they no. are. No, I don't want to stay here. Oh. But I'll visit. <laughs> Come with me. Oh, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but All yeah, right. like, like, sorry, end of spoilers. So yeah. you can come back now. But that, like, for me, like, that's that's the thing that makes those work. Is letters, letters sometimes work and sometimes don't. Because you also have, like, spoilers for Jane Austen? Um, but if you, if you read Persuasion or seen the movie Persuasion, that hinges on a letter Mm -hmm. that is massively amazing. So it's an interesting, like, which ones, what what letters are important and what letters Mm -hmm. aren't. I don't think, yeah, like, it's just interesting to me. Yeah. But yeah, there, there is something about letters and, uh, something about letters, the use of them in film. Like, they can be, they can be powerful and, and you know, words, words have power, mm-hmm. you know, to, to steal, you know, from Doctor Who, you know, words have power. Yep. But the, um, sometimes, like, it's just better not knowing what those words are. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I love it. And and the more I think about it, the more I appreciate that more, because there's mm-hmm. nothing they could have had on there that would have made it, mm-hmm. that would have been perfect. There, there is no perfect final bow for this movie. I will there say what isn't. I, what I appreciate about it, this is how really weird. Um, there actually is something written on the other side. Yes. We don't know what that is, but I saw I saw handwriting on the back of the card. Yes. When she picks up, you can't read what it is. There's absolutely no, no way, way to read it. Like, it's never clear enough, but you can see that they're like, and it's just this, like, it's a little touch. They could have not mm-hmm. done that really and it had been fine. But yeah, it, I don't know. There's a lot of good things in this movie. I, I adore a lot of things in this movie. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about it and you said it felt like a play in some point. Yes, that it feels very much like that to me. Yeah. I, I can't explain why, but it's one like I could see this movie on a stage. Like I could see this as a play on a stage. And and maybe it comes from the fact that like I go to I go to the local to the local theater a lot more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um cuz we have we have the big like full on like Broadway stage. Yeah. Theater, but then like across the street there's the what's called Theater Squared, which is a it's it's a very small venue. Yeah. There's maybe like 150 seats. Yeah. Um, and like you're sitting in just like, you know, straight back metal chairs. This movie is something that I could see as a play at Theater Squared. Mm-hmm. I really could. Um, because it's it's just something intimate between you know, these two people. Yeah. And, and like, and it's some, and, you know, and I, I said this, like, as, as we said from the outset, Chris Evans's charm sells this movie. Um, his, like his charm sells this movie and, and it's hard to, to think of somebody else being that, 
um, somebody else being able to do that. But I could also see like other people playing it. It does feel very much like a play to me. Yeah, and that's and I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. Once you said that, I like I had to reevaluate how I looked yeah, at I, it. Yeah, I think I think that's why I enjoy it so much is because like it it's all like to me the enjoyment of this film comes down to your interpretation of it. Yeah. And that and that is why like I think because it is an open ended because it has yeah. because it has this open ended finale. I think that's why I enjoy it so much is because it is open to interpretation. And I guarantee, like, I, I guarantee you I can watch this again in a few weeks and, like, like feel something different about it. Yeah. It's, you know, because that's, like I said, that's the way I feel about theater. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone who went to see a, a production of It's a Wonderful Life twice this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you did. I Yeah, because I'm a freak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't say it that way, but <laughs> I am. I let my freak flag fly, um, but yeah, that's that is just something that I that I took from it. Is like I said, it feels more like a play, yeah. and I think maybe looking at it in that in that light is you know, might help with how you see it. I yeah, don't know. it does. And like like I said, the rant at the it's, beginning, your mileage may vary, but yeah, and the rant I made at the beginning about about the character. I, I actually like her most of the time. It's just there are those little moments it, and pockets yeah. where, I, where I feel a disconnect, I guess, is the best way I can say it. I, I, like, I start going, why? why? But that's just, that may just be my personality and who I am. And that's her personality and who she is. And I just didn't get that as it's much. It's like, but to be fair, we're never given any of that from him. It's like, yeah. he, like, as I said, he's the nicest man in the world. He's perfect from yeah. the get-go. We're never given any of his flaws, except for the fact that, you know, he he holds on to something that's gone. I, I think his flaw, and this is something I was gonna, that, that I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. vaguely, his flaw is that he wants to be a hero, which sounds weird. But again, but, but that's, I think that there's some like, but that's help, not a that's not a tangible flaw. Not tangible in the same way. Um, I don't know how to explain it. His fear is cowardice, like, or his his flaw is cowardice. He, True. he runs from everything. Mm-hmm. He And so does she, to so some extent. She. And that's what this movie's about, is stopping, learning to stop running mm-hmm. and face face things bravely. Because even her, even the moments I don't like her, like when she's being, like, I feel, I just feel like the way it was delivered was probably bad. That's probably the, like, it's probably got more to do with some of the some of the acting choices that I dislike. That may be what okay. it is. Because I think the actual dialogue itself makes sense when you look at it from perspective yeah. and everything like that. But the uh, at the end of the day, even when she is pushing him away and, mm-hmm. and when she's being the you know, the mean Defensive. Defensive, yeah. that's the right word. When she's being defensive and when she's there's one point where she calls him if it wasn't for her, he'd be the biggest loser in New York. And the only reason he isn't is because she hasn't she's left still there. yet. Yeah. Like th- those those moments are her pushing him away and her running away again. Like, even when she's being a character that I had... Mm-hmm. The, the reason I was ranting at the beginning, she's doing it out of a, out of fear and, and she's running. Like, that's literally right. why she's doing it. And, and I get that. Like, I, I that part I understand a lot more. So for me, what the story's about more is about two people learning to be brave from each other and having this connection that allowed that. Mm-hmm. Because no, there's not a lot of people in her life she could have explained... Her husband's affair too. Right. Like even her best friend, when she sends her to get the letter, she says, don't open it. Do not read it. Yeah. So like, no matter what, this is the first person she's probably mm. been able to ever open up to the way. Right. And, and, and same for him. Cause his friends all know his history with Hannah. Yeah. So he's never had to like, he's never had someone tell him to get over her and to move on that he yeah. could, that didn't know the whole history. Exactly. And um, but yeah, so it's all about bravery and running away. So when they say that he never found a theme, I don't think that's true. I think a lot of mm-hmm. the movie is about running away and and learning how to stop that. Mm-hmm. Or actually just doing it more than anything else. But So anyway, is there anything else you want to say about the movie? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. Okay. Uh, I, I guess we're going to rate these a little bit just to kind of... Yes. Explain. Uh, I would give this, I guess, a three and a half out of five. I I would also. Um, three and a half out of five. Yeah, I would say for me, it would have been a three, but you've got the Evans charm that bumps it 
Like, it makes yeah. it more worth watching for me. Yeah. But overall, it's a, it, it's a good movie, but it's a fairly average, mm-hmm. like, if that makes sense. I, it's not, it's not yes. something that I'm going to revisit frequently. I'll probably watch it again at some point, but not for a while. I bought it. Of course you did. <laughs> I had to have it. Um, I, I will definitely be watching it again. And I've already, I've already told our friend Anne, like, get thee to Netflix. Yeah. And, and watch this movie. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd recommend it to anyone that enjoys Chris Evans or Alice Eve. I think they both do a yeah. great job. Because I have another, we have another movie we're definitely going to watch at some point. It has Alice Eve in it. Uh, the Decoy Bride. Decoy Bride, yes. I was um, like, we do? And that that's a good one. Well, that'll that- be a fun conversation. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like that, I think it's a great movie. It's got overall, it has a lot of, a lot of fun, not fun, but it, <laughs> fun is the wrong word. Uh, enjoyable. Overall, it has a lot of enjoyable elements. Uh, it's nice to watch. It's pretty to look at. Um, in many ways. In many ways, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's not my favorite movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a very enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I give it a three out of five, just because like I think I think there could have been more, and especially for for a directorial debut, like I said, I'm I'm probably a lot more lenient with this movie yeah. than other people would be. Um, like there's, there's some shaky camera work that I think like instead of a handheld, it could have benefited from a steady cam. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and I'm like, but I love, I love some of the like close up details that we get of like the things of like when she's, when she's on the payphone to her husband of like just seeing like her hands as she's holding the phone and like, yeah. and like, I don't know why I just love those little details, but there's another thing. I also love independent movies a lot more than you do. That's true. <laughs> like so, but, but the so I'm, thing you're yes, right. I like so I'm I'm predisposed to loving this movie. Yeah. Um. But yes, I definitely give it a three out of five in that like it's by no means a perfect movie, but I think I think there's a lot of good there, and I Absolutely. think I think there's a lot of I can't think of the word, but so I'll just say like I think there's a lot of good there to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. So thanks for listening. I think that wraps it up on this discussion of Before We Go. So we will catch you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Facebook and Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.